<laughs> we have Father William Slattery. He is uh, with the Diocese of Fargo. Uh, Father Slattery is also the chaplain over at uh, Fargo Shanley High School and uh, Fargo Sullivan Middle School, and uh, where my son happens to go. And uh, welcome, Father Slattery. Great to have you here. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Jeannie. Oh, nice yeah. to have you. It's uh, yeah, wonderful to be back on this segment again, and uh, look forward especially to hear from our callers and uh, talk about uh, the joy of our faith. And the beauty, especially of the Catholic teaching. Uh-huh. The number again is 877-795-0122. Or you can uh, send us your question by Facebook. And, uh, or, and, and you can uh, submit these questions for Father Slattery. Um, starting off the, uh, the program here, Father Slattery, um, we're, we're looking at uh, uh, some questions like, how do our listeners pass along the reality that's the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. That is so unique to our Catholic faith. But but how do we go along and, and, and pass that along to others, whether they are members of the faith or maybe they aren't Catholic? How do you explain that to them? Well, Paul, I think uh, one of the interesting things that came out recently was uh, the Pew Report uh, at, uh, talked about one of the challenges we face in this area, which is that uh, even among the Catholic kind of uh, crowd in our in our pews, around 60% only uh, kind of hold the teaching that uh, that the Eucharist is body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ. So that we've obviously got a struggle there. Bishop Barron talked about this in a good homily and just uh, talked about the the challenge because. I mean, if you look at our readings, uh, a lot of our homilies, and we've been focusing on this, and it does uh, create kind of a little bit of a a challenge for us um, because there's so many of those uh, realities that uh, are faith. And I think a lot of it comes down to kind of simple catechesis in the home. Um, I know that in our world of technology, uh, it can often be difficult. We want to see things present before us and the things especially we don't see present we tend not to believe but especially look at our life that uh you know we find especially our our love that we have uh, between spouses that's not tangible Mm -hmm. uh the love we have in our family those aren't tangible realities but they're so they're so true and concrete um at the same time and uh, i think part of it has to be a little bit of a uh, pope francis talks about not losing sense of our traditions yeah. that the modern world wants especially to us to abandon everything from the past to become kind of completely new but he says you know if we abandon the roots that uh, are kind of where we come from we lose identity who we are he basically said it very strongly it'd be committing suicide yes. is what yep. he said and not and to not to uh you know take uh, not to use that word lightly because yeah. there is that real struggle for people with mental illness so not to use that word lightly but basically that if we don't take seriously the traditions of our faith we are our life is done exactly yeah. yep. and and so we um we would really like our listeners that, that you heard that sound in the background that means that our phone lines are open so 877-795-0122 please please call we have uh wonderful guest father slattery to answer your questions or to discuss with whatever's on your mind um so we are talking a little bit about the eucharist there there has been this heightened need um 
to really talk to our fellow Catholics about the source and summit of our faith and to truly understand the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist um, that we receive every Sunday at Mass. Yep, I think in getting back to Paul's question too of how do how do we as listeners do that, I think a lot of it has to do with, the, as you know, Pope Francis would say, reclaiming our traditions. So diving into those uh, sacred texts that talk about the reality of Jesus who has become present to us uh, under the forms uh, of, of the sacrament uh, and how he leaves us, again, this perpetual memorial of the fruits of his passion, death, and resurrection uh, and how this is, again, the seal of, uh, as in Matthew says, I will be with you always <laughs> to the end of the age. That, that's uh, one of the important parts of this is that this is how Jesus remains with us and fully present um, to his church. And through the sacrament, not only do we have access to uh, his life, but then it promises the, you know, kind of the perpetual gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, which brings healing. Do you think Catholics, Father, kind of take the Eucharist for granted now in, in, in this day and age? Because uh, when, when you really think about it, you, you, you really should be uh, prepared to accept the Eucharist. But do you think maybe... Um, Catholics are like, well, it's just something I do when I go to Mass, and I just go up there and take communion. They really don't have, maybe in their mind or in their heart, what they're really doing? I think that is probably, probably the issue, is uh, is that, yeah, it's easy, especially when you look at gifts, gifts that are given over and over again, it's easy to become uh, ungrateful in a real way, or take it for granted, and uh, I think in a lot of our, our world today, too, of you know, we in the United States are so blessed at the same time, too, that brings with it that danger of comfort, that we lose sense of, you know, what is truly a gift and what is something that we can just have daily. And uh, it becomes, it's a challenge for us because you think of uh, the other parts of the world where they, uh, they don't have access to the Mass as we do, mm-hmm. not even every Sunday. Some places it might be they get one Mass a year. Uh, and there's a difference there of how we can grow really, really uh, kind of, uh, we can lose our zeal, grow you know, slack in, in our, our reverence for Christ and in, in our, our gratitude for the Eucharist. So. Well, how should one prepare for communion? Yeah, I think uh, obviously one of the primary things the church says is that we prepare especially for communion by uh, making reparations for our sins. Uh, so making kind of good confession regularly uh, prepares us to receive the gifts of the of the sacrament uh, uh, as we look come to the church as well uh, that time of, of quiet and this is often part of like taking it for granted is we really not good about being quiet <laughs> uh, but again is that reality is that we're experiencing a sign uh, it is and I mean uh, yes the symbol sign uh, the sacrament comes under this form that brings the body and blood of Jesus and soul and divinity. But we have to be able to interiorly affirm and recognize that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, kind of not like the drive-through. 
Right, right. We want to remind our listeners here that uh, you're you're tuning in to Real Presence Radio. My name is Janine Bitson. I'm Paul Braun. I'm Paul Braun. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. It's just great. We have Straight Talk going on right now with Father William Slattery. So we really, really would love to have you call in 877-795-0122 with your questions. If you have questions about the Eucharist, if you have questions about our sacred tradition, um, whatever the question might be. Well, in getting back to what we were talking about earlier, there's there's one other question I have. At the beginning of the Mass, uh, uh, the priest says, uh, you know, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Is that enough? Is that enough of forgiveness of sins <laughs> to be able to go to communion? Uh, well, I think part of it is that uh, it's called the penitential, right? Uh-huh. And uh, whenever we have any liturgy in the church, uh, we always start with the penitential, right? It's that I'm mean, going from... Uh, from the long-standing tradition of Jesus and his teaching, when he hi- highlights, again, the uh, the tax collector and the publican, that the one whose prayer is heard is the one who's humble before mm-hmm. God, who recognizes his need for God rather than his own righteousness. Mm-hmm. And so, is it enough? I think, well, we can never be sorry enough for our sins. <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's the start, and the start of it. But that's the reality of the, the Liturgy Eucharist is a way through which uh, we enter into preparation. So, what does it start with? Hum- humility, that we humble ourselves before God, and then after that, directing our hearts and minds to Him, we listen to His Word. Uh, that's the first kind of form of our encounter with, with Jesus, is in the lit- liturgy of the Word, uh, the Gospel, but particularly is, is again, that prime encounter, uh, where our hearts are, again, are meant to have conversion, um, and turn towards Him, and, and express our desire to have unity with Him and His Church, and that uh, leads then to the celebration of how this comes about uh, through the celebration then of the Eucharist. We have uh, we have access to the fruits of his Paschal mystery, uh, and then that great time of when we come forward for communion. Uh, we're expressing there not only our communion with God the Father, but also with each other in the church, and that's kind of part of uh, the kind of. The importance of that we kind of fail to see that aspect too is like mm-hmm. i have to there's importance of like the sign of peace at mass mm-hmm. too is that uh, it's not only that god forgives me of my sins but i actually have to express my communion with each other in the church that's the whole full sign yep. mm-hmm. absolutely you know i i do have a question because um First of all, I'm going to put out our number one more time here, uh, 877-795-0122. Much rather hear your questions than Paul and I bringing up questions, but um, we would uh, certainly love to have your comments and questions for Father Slattery. So please call in. Um, but my question is, is you know, we went through a period in our church where we did have some poor catechesis with the real presence of the Eucharist. And so for those that you know, maybe going through the motions is just kind of like a continuation of how they how they had been taught. What can we do as Catholics to to um, speak the truth to the real presence of Christ? I mean, is there something in the catechism, or I know Scripture is loaded with it? Can you give our listeners some? some uh, words of Jesus to, to go by or from the magisterium? Yeah, I think, uh, well, I mean, the scripture that comes to mind especially is that uh, from the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. 
Uh, and that's kind of one of the beauties of uh, we find in kind of a, uh, the Reformation happening in the church in this time from that time of poor catechesis and the confusion that came about with the Second Vatican Council. I mean, it was very good at the same time, but there is some aspects of how this is implemented and how a lot of people interpret it. The church is abandoning old traditions. As, you know, like Pope Francis said, it, but it wasn't about that. But at the same time, how do we be open to the Spirit? And we're seeing this renewal, and it said a lot about the Eucharist. Um, you see, uh, on college campuses, um, you know, a major emphasis of Eucharistic adoration. Uh, both in, especially and also at a high school level too. I mean, working at a school, it's one of the main emphasis we have is uh, helping kids to have an encounter in prayer uh, and profoundly, again, in that presence of the Eucharist. Uh, again, the Eucharist being that sign of how we can remain close to Christ. And, the, you know, it's really interesting because the fruits of that are happening. I remember my own uh, story as a priest comes from my time in college and the first time I... Uh, began to do the practice of Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an invitation from another person and would go. And when we'd have that time with the Lord of reflection, uh, it's kind of uh, the way a good spirit director put it. It's like looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we're gazing upon him, but he reveals so much more about who we are when we draw close to him. Uh, that's uh, especially coming from God. He says that in Christ, man's fully alive. And Christ reveals man to himself. <laughs> and it's uh, interesting that we find that uh, this renewal coming about with adoration is, especially that, that is that uh, young people are finding more about themselves in prayer right. than they can by looking in the mirror or by studying. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a deeper truth. And they find especially that peace that, that Christ desires to offer. It's so beautiful that you said that. And, and something comes to my mind that happened last week. Um, my daughter had surgery, uh, ACL repair, and um, I've been driving her around. And, and then one day, she just was like, Mom, I need to be with Jesus. And she's like, she drove. And I'm like going, oh boy. But it was so important for her to go and be at the Blessed Sacrament and pray, you know, um, with Jesus. And so it's so true. There is a renewal out there in our young people, and it's a really, really beautiful thing. Um, and it's just nice to have that encounter, like you say, you know, in front of the Blessed Sacrament. But how do we prepare more for the Eucharist? Like even in the readings today, one of my favorite things is the centurion yep. and wanting the slave to be healed. Can we talk about that reading today? Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, part, of, uh, part of the reading is a continuation of, uh, of the Gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but uh, a lot of it is in connection, too, with uh, one of the unique parts of uh, Jesus' mission, which is uh, not only does he give uh, a fulfillment of the teachings of the Jewish people, so he fulfills the old covenant, but there's that spreading and invitation uh, to the to the ge- the Gentiles, and we find that also within uh, Paul's letter to Timothy, the kind of the connection between both readings are centered around uh, that the freedom that comes to us in Christ, and that this is an invitation not just for some people who are elect or selected anymore, but rather coming from the tradition of the Jewish people, they are meant to be a sign, and. Uh, I love that aspect of the centurion because if you're looking at the celebration of the Eucharist, 
and again how scriptural our mass is mm -hmm. the response that we say uh especially once the eucharist is presented to mm -hmm. us behold the lamb of god behold him who takes away the sins of the world we say the words the centurion we put ourselves in the centurion spot yep. right. absolutely right. And, at mass every time we go yeah and uh, we enter that mystery of again the, the sacrament is a way through which we have in a tangible sign access to the presence of, of Christ mm -hmm. and his healing. And we find there, so we place ourselves, as Paul said, in the feet, in the shoes of the, uh, the centurions, knowing, again... Go back the, then the sandals. So maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we know of the power. And I think looking at the great uh, part of that gospel passage is it's about authority. Yeah. Uh, and looking at that, that especially love and authority, mm -hmm. is because the centurion, one of the things of being righteous is how he loves his slave. I mean, again, you know, it's hard to talk about this in the context in the sure. United States, sure. uh, because uh, you have a different concept, especially there of of slavery. But at the same time, too, is that care for this person who is under his control, under his authority, mm -hmm. that he would search in many ways, you know, even to strange areas like this guy from nazareth who mm -hmm. other people are pointing out as being a healer that he would have again the concern not just only to grab a doctor but that he'd go out to one who works wonders mm -hmm. uh for this and so uh yeah so we say with the centurion you know lord i'm not worthy that you should en enter into my roof but only say a word only say a word and uh we we respond especially then amen mm -hmm. we believe that it's beautiful. Well, the number for Straight Talk for you to join us is 877-795-0122, or you can uh, send us your question on Facebook. We're here with Father William Slattery of the uh, Diocese of Fargo. One of the things I'd be really interested in to hear from uh, listeners are, what are some of those Catholic traditions that they'd like to see come back into the church? And um, we had a very interesting uh, visit in May from a wonderful relic of a saint. The whole relics uh, tradition and, and what it means in the Catholic faith. Um, many people, I'm sure, would like to see uh, that come back more and maybe understand what these relics are all about, what they symbolize, and where are these relics? Yeah, I think, uh, Paul, that's, that's a wonderful thing because we find in the history of the church there's importance of, of these uh, mementos in a certain way, relics are kind of like a, a, a souvenir um, of an experience of the life of the saint. Uh, something, again, we being so human, we love this reality of being able to have physical things that remind us of an, of an encounter, an experience. And uh, so I took, uh, I, every year I take kids over to Rome, and this is one of their primary things. And its most shocking part is because not only do we have relics, you know, uh, of clothing, but often one of the most extreme cases is we have these uh, incorruptible saints. Yeah. And so they see in these churches these bodies of saints, and uh, that's very, very strange for our context. We don't see that often. And, uh, but at the same time, their, their eyes are opening to this un understanding. And when I talked to about, I talked about kind of why they do this and what it's there for, is that same reality of you know, part of our humanity wants to reach out to something tangible, and God knows this. Uh, and so we were looking at, you know, if you go to the 
if you go to to uh, you know national park. Now you're not allowed to do this, but you're always tempted. I want to take something home from this experience. <laughs> <laughs> Can't take a rock because that's illegal to take from a national park. But again, leave, leave the bison alone. Yeah, don't touch the bison. <laughs> but the reality is, there is that part of you know we go to a beach in the you know a country where we're never going to go back again. What do we do? Take some sand. Mm-hmm. Uh, we climb a mountain and we might again take a little rock from that mountain because every time then we refer back to it we have access to that memory and that's the reality of kind of the the origin of relics is coming from the martyrs that was the first uh first example of relics that uh, uh these people gave their lives out of love for jesus and those followers their loved ones saw that example and how in front of the world that has power and dominance, that love it triumphs, and so they would go and with you know sheets of 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 you know clothing, or you know the kind of little tears they'd sop up their blood, or they take their bones away from you know being uh, fed upon by animals and would reposit it somewhere safe. Mm-hmm. And, that, and again, that reality of the memento of that witness that I have a physical reminder is very powerful. And I think we underestimate it. In that same way, we had you know John Vianney's relics here in May of of a pastor whose heart, uh, <laughs> the heart of a priest. It was the heart of a priest. Mm-hmm. In that reality, that reality, the heart of Jesus uh, present in in the priest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we look at that now. It might seem very weird that we have in a glass vial a heart of of a man who lived, you know, a couple hundred years ago. But at the same time, it's that token of what our life can be like if we have that same witness. That's what the memory brings back. Mm-hmm. If we have the same love, how is that going to transform our life? Right, right. And, and the proper care for those relics, if, if um, our listeners, any of our listeners have a relic, um, whether it's a first, second, or third class relic, can you uh, speak to our listeners on the proper care and reverence that need to be given to those? Yeah, relics, again, as uh, they're, they're absolutely a little higher than your average uh, vacation souvenir. So, but, uh, no, I mean we do. Uh, and we we reverence, uh, and I think we look at one of the important kind of teachings of the church is uh, a concept that you know, we always learn uh, when seminary is that the law of prayer is the law of belief. So basically, what we pray uh, in the in the mass and what we pray has an effect, and it, it really expresses what we believe. And so part of that we see from the uh, preface of of all saints is that what we worship in the saints is that through their lives Jesus crowns his own merits so we don't really worship them at all we don't honor them in the sense of because they're closer to us than Jesus no we honor them because what we see in their lives is how Jesus crowns his merits Jesus is present in them Uh, and so we find then with a relic what we do is we do venerate the relic Again, venerate is different than worship. We don't worship relic, but at the same time, we give it respect and honor. And so, you know, we give it a pride of place or, you know, a certain way of, might be up on a mantle. Um, Relics are usually supposed to be meant uh, for connection with public veneration. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, kind of having private relics is not, well, it might happen, isn't kind of the view of the church doesn't really approve of that. Um, uh, But, um, and so if you, listeners, if you do have them, I'm not trying to tell you to get rid of them, but the reality is that uh, that they're meant especially not to be held, uh, but rather to be, again, that momentum to all Christians of what it means to live a life close to Christ. Well, we had a listener call in with a question about 
relics, and it's it's actually a, a question for our time. Yeah, believe it or not, um, when you're talking about the care of relics, can you? Take a selfie with a relic. Is is that irreverent? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, this comes to one of the questions of our time. Is that <laughs> yeah, we don't have a little culture of reverence anymore, uh, and especially everything's uh, captured. And uh, you know, if it comes down to it, you know, the question is, you know, can you do that? Are you going to go to hell if you take a selfie with a relic? No. <laughs> the very simple answer. But, but that it way. might be something you might not want. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you look at it too. I mean, you see that of. Uh, one of the challenges of our culture is that aspect of wanting to capture, wanting to capture, which uh, I think is that expression of our human reality. We want a memory. But what we find with selfies is you take them and you never really look at them again. And so are you really capturing it? And uh, one of the beautiful things when we take these kids to Rome uh, every year is that they can't bring their phones. Oh, I love that idea. Uh, and, you know, it's a challenging idea at first, but at the same time, too, is that what we capture with our memory uh, actually lasts a lot longer and then what we capture with our phone. That's just fleeting. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we take a picture, yes, because we want to look back at it later, but then how often do we actually look back at it? But then when your eyes are open to an experience, and that's part of that aspect of, like, reverence and why taking a selfie obviously wouldn't be held up as an act of reverence, mm-hmm. even though it's not going to, you know, you're probably not going to go to hell for it. But uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it's, it, it isn't. You're not really opening yourself to an encounter with, the fruits that Jesus wants to give, or again, the lesson that Jesus wants to give to us through the life of that saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that reality of what it means to be holy, uh, we set things apart. That's what holy means. Mm-hmm. In a real way, that's what the relic is, is this person's life is being set apart as a lesson of how we can cooperate with grace. And, uh, and to do an act like that, in a certain way, it deflates it. It deflates the meaning. Okay. And, uh, and, that, and I think, again, it's going to be a personal thing. You're just not going to get out what you should in that moment. It's what you said about veneration yep. uh, and, and venerating a relic and, and treating it with that respect. Yep. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. That does. And, you know, that's like, you know, you wouldn't take a selfie at a funeral. I mean, maybe people have, but... No, you know, you I don't think I, mean, I would. <laughs> uh, but you see that. I mean, like, you're kind of looking at some of this common courtesy. I mean, if you're at a funeral, you wouldn't take a selfie with a corpse. Nope. Uh, nope. Yeah, you know, if, uh, you know, if you're at your, you're at a wedding, you don't, you know, photobomb at the exchange of the vows to take Who a selfie. Who doesn't photobomb <laughs> at a wedding? <laughs> well, and I guess on that note, too, uh, so many of our medals, our saint medals, you know, they they can become third-class relics if they're attached to a relic mm-hmm. of a saint, and yet they're um, designed to be worn on a chain, yep. you know? So then how is that, like, public well, display I, then yeah, considered? Yeah, I mean, again, is uh, I think that's kind of the difference between the first class relics and the and the second and third is that part of it is that the third class is meant for private devotion of okay. again that this person this saint is particularly close to me and uh and then again i kind of express my desire to remain close to how jesus worked through their life and imitate that mm-hmm. and then so again that kind of part of it is yes uh you know again it's that presence of touching something and then again even a second class Relic. Uh, so, difference between first class, second class, and third class listeners is that first class, especially, is something that was, again, part of the bodily life of the saint. Uh, so, I mean, often we hold on to bones, hair, uh, often even blood sometimes. Um, but uh, again, that physical reminder of their body, which is a promise of the resurrection, 
And that's uh, that kind of reality, the token of what we are is that this was the saint. Second class was something that they used or wore in their lifetime. So clothing or even, you know, books or diaries, uh, shoes, you know, the, these, these again are things that remind us of what they looked like. Again, constant thing of the relics is that living memory that brings us in a counter of Jesus through the lives of the saints. And then third class is basically something that usually touches a first class uh, relic. Again, is that, you know, it could be a rosary. Again, it's our, our kind of desire to take away a memento of that moment and how this saint's life following Christ is transformative. That's our selfie. Yes. There we go. That's again, part of it is that it shows that reverence of respect of you mm-hmm. look at, you know, the old time of uh, the knights, uh, you know, the fealty of, you know, to a, someone of greater authority, they give the their sword, right, to take their sword as a sign of honor of well, I give over my service. And it's kind of the same way with uh, kind of third class relic is that you're, we're taking on ourselves uh, a desire to follow them. That's become great. a disciple. Thank you so much, Father Slattery, for that. Uh, we really only have one minute left for callers, so if you want to have a, a question or a comment, quickly, quickly get it in um, here. But what a what a great explanation of relics and the fact that we were even talking about the Eucharist earlier and the, um, the real presence. We have something coming to the Diocese of Fargo pretty soon, and it's going to be the, the Eucharistic minic- Miracles display. Yep. And and that's going to be a fantastic way to venerate relics and then also see their tie to the Eucharist. Absolutely. And I think, uh, so that'll be at the cathedral, I think, is it next Friday? I or next week? I would have to check the yeah, schedule for your that. Listeners, you'll, you'll find that information. We'll out, get you that information. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, just a, but a heads up be, to. It's going to be a, a great thing of, like, again, the, uh, the education uh-huh. around Eucharistic miracles, their importance in the history of the church. And also, again, what they point to is that all the Eucharist miracles are pointing often to when there was doubt over Jesus' real presence, there was a work that Jesus, again, doesn't want to leave us in darkness, but shows us light. And he'll do it in radical ways. And that's yeah. kind of the beautiful story of these, uh, these Eucharistic miracles uh, through that, is that often you have occasions in which human nature wants to go with what their eyes see. But Jesus says, right, that faith, faith, and that's the great hymn by St. Thomas, is that where, faith, where senses fail, <laughs> faith will tell us that yeah. Christ is present. So beautiful, so beautiful. I'm wow. trying to call up the information oh. on, our, <laughs> on our... Now I know why we need a new website at the Diocese of Fargo. It's <laughs> a little difficult to call it up on the phone here, but yes, uh, uh, the uh, Eucharistic Miracle of the World. Um, I'm, I'm checking to see when that is, is happening here on our website. I'm not... We will get that information for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll we'll we follow will. up with yeah. that. But something. Uh, oh, September twenty seventh, twenty eighth, and 29th at the cathedral. Fantastic! Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Well, we um, we're we're coming up to the end of this segment. We can't thank you enough, Father Slattery, for joining us. Um, we. Um, just want to remind our callers that your questions, we had a lot here in studio, but your questions make this segment uh, the best. So, reminder, this segment is on 9.30 Central Time every Monday through Friday.